0: You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a podcast that's all about supporting parents as they bring up children. We've got experts and advice to help you through the more challenging bits of parenting. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Tantrums. When our children have them, they can seem completely irrational and unprovoked. It can feel like our children are misbehaving, being deliberately difficult and willful. My next guest says that tantrums happen at every age, even for adults, and that it's all about understanding the underlying causes of the tantrum itself in order to deal with them effectively. Sharon Turton is a psychotherapist and author of The Art of Taming Tantrums. Hi Sharon, how are you? Hi, thank you for having me today. Very welcome. Um, Let's start with the first most troubling question for many parents. Kids often have tantrums when they don't get their own way, which can feel like they're misbehaving, that they're not taking directions from you. Mm. Um, What is your reading of tantrums when they happen in that context?
1: Well, tantrums are big emotions, and big emotions that the child doesn't know how to deal with. And often, if a child is tired or hungry or thirsty or just hasn't had enough cuddles in a day, those big feelings of lack might come up and overwhelm the the brain and oh, out come those great big feelings. So it's not really about. The behaviour of the tantrum—it's about getting to what is underneath, what is causing the behaviour at that—the tantrum at least—and the behaviour at that deeper level, and what the feelings are that might be provoking the the child.
0: I think what I have seen happen amongst my peers and possibly in my own family is that when people respond to tantrums with that kind of gentle understanding, uh, they're judged for being soft. Um, that they're not providing the boundaries the child needs to know the difference between right
1: and wrong. How would you respond to that? Well, I think there's a big difference between just simply being soft to being empathetic. And my... Um my take on it is that we need to have empathy for what's going on at that deeper level, as well as having boundaries, because boundaries are super, super important for kids. And kids learn how to grow up in this world socially and emotionally when there are boundaries that are set. But if those boundaries are harsh, just looking at the surface behavior and there's no empathy, then the child is not actually learning anything anything at all except how to repress suppress shut down those big feelings and that's not what we want for an emotionally mature child then teenager and adult for the rest of their lives so with that in mind is it possible let's just
0: say uh, our child has it's a three-year-old they've thrown their breakfast on the floor because of whatever reasons they're tired they're hungry they're angry whatever's happened they've had a big tantrum um if I was to respond appropriately in that situation, would I be um, sitting there with a the child, understanding, or oh, you're you're frustrated, you're angry? I can see you're upset. Mm. Wait till they calm down and say, "I'm with you, mummy's with you," but we still don't throw our breakfast on the floor. Absolutely. Like, is that a
1: boundary with empathy? It is, and in that moment, if the child is really. Ah, throwing their food, losing it, well, then it's really good to acknowledge what's actually happening in the moment. And in that moment, the child might be feeling frustrated and angry. So, you know, go to the child and say, sweetheart, I see you're really frustrated and angry. Meet their energy. It's not saying, oh, sweetheart, you're so frustrated. It's not that. And it's not, oh, my God. Rah, rah, rah. But it's somewhere in between where you are meeting their energy. I see, sweetheart, you are frustrated, you're angry. You're throwing your food on the floor, and um, at that time, you were with them, you know, after they've. Settle down when the reptilian brain is offline and the frontal cortex that is growing, the logical brain is back online. That is the time to then sit down with them and tell them the story of what happened. You were so mad at that time, you threw your food over the floor. You know that we don't throw our food here, that's in, in our house, we don't throw food, and you know that mummy is always here for you to help you with your big feelings, something like that. Mm.
0: Is that the same response regardless of the age of the
1: child slash person having a tantrum? (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. Look, it it pretty well is, even if it's an adult having a tantrum. I I love um, the metaphor of when... Imagine you're working one day and you come home from work and you have had a bad day with the boss. And the boss has, you know, said something to you, then you just felt so belittled. And you come home and you're angry and you're in a bad mood. And you say to your husband, You wouldn't believe what that boss said to me. He was, oh, and your husband said, Oh, for goodness sakes, why didn't you just blah, 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 blah? How do you feel? (laughs) How do you feel? (laughs) Annoyed. Annoyed. And you do not feel acknowledged. You do not feel heard. You do not feel seen for who you are and you know you just stomp off and everything gets worse but if your husband actually listens and says to you oh my gosh it sounds like you have had a terrible day i get it he can be really hard sometimes that boss let me get let me get you a cup of tea what do you do then love me more <laughs> absolutely you go oh you feel like you're heard you relax and then same with children much more likely to open up and tell you what really is going on, Mummy. That little boy at preschool was mean to me today. You know, and you get the full story of the truth, not just the ah. Mm. That might be on the surface.
0: When it comes to tantrums, I think we talk a lot about them when kids first start having them yeah. around two years of age, but they don't just stop at it at that particular age group, they can continue on.
1: Do they happen for different reasons as children get older? They happen for all sorts of reasons. And to put it in a nutshell, it is um, emotional overload in the brain that is too much for the psyche to handle in that moment. And so it's kind of like a I guess a, a response, a safety response, that we shut down what's really going on, but then the, the anger, the release, the ah comes out. And it's not under our conscious control. Whether, whether we are parents, you know, as parents, we lose it. And if we're losing it around our teenager, we are really creating a chasm of disconnect between ourselves and our teenager. If we're losing it around our our little one, our six-year-old, our four-year-old, we are teaching them that the way to deal with emotions, especially when they are big emotions, is actually to lose it. So of course they're going to lose it because that's the role modeling. And children learn 100% through the role modeling. So how much
0: is... Um, how? At what point... Do we accept tantrums as being developmentally appropriate? Mm. And at what point do we go, oh, dear, I really haven't role-modeled emotional awareness in myself. Yeah. Um, Yeah. At what point can we have that expectation, if we're teaching our children well, that their impulse control won't, you know, will
1: be better, I guess? Yeah. Well, uh, tantrums are... Emotional, emotionally um, normal in a way as children are growing up because they don't have that impulse control. And it's up to us to show them what that's like. So if we can really hold a beautiful space for our children when they are losing it so that they know it's safe to have those big feelings then and that we are there for them they might be saying to us go away I don't want you nearby well then say I I get it that you don't want me nearby but I'm here I'm not going too far away I'm always here because they do want us nearby you know but um, it's really important to look at ourselves and how we are being in it and so often as parents we have been brought up with um, a certain amount of authoritarian control, which was the old way of parenting that our parents parented us. And a lot of our own emotions or healthy ways of dealing with things emotionally have been shut down because we weren't allowed as children. And if that's the case, when our child then goes and triggers us, we don't necessarily have the tools and so we lose it so it's really important to go back and look at whoa I lost it then how could I have done better and just the fact of observing yourself having lost it and acknowledging that is growing a new neural pathway to say I can do better and next time I will um, breathe I will pause As soon as we start breathing, it switches off the uh, the sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight-or-flight nervous system, and allows the parasympathetic nervous system to come online, which allows us to relax more. And then when we can relax, we can think more. We can use our prefrontal cortex, you know, that children haven't yet learned how to use. So it's the role modelling on that level as well. So it's a fine line Mm. as to when, but it's our own awareness of what's going on with ourselves, with our children. What are we doing with our emotions? Are we emotionally intelligent? You know, that we have certain ways of dealing with emotions. We can dump them on our kids, you know. We can suppress them. Or we can beat ourselves up. Now, none of those are healthy ways of dealing with emotions. So it really is stopping and coming inside, being aware of what we're doing, so we have choice. And for some of us, that's that's a big job when we haven't been taught that ourselves. Going back to that
0: idea of um, many of us not being taught that way, mm. I think um, a lot of the generation who are parents now, mm. when they had a tantrum when they were a kid, chances are their parents yelled at them. Mm. If that's the way we're responding to our kids now, mm. let's take a, a three-year-old or a four-year-old who has yeah. a tantrum and then you yell at them and tell mm. them to calm down and stop being silly, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. What's the impact of that? What happens to the child when you yeah. respond that way?
1: Well, the child will stop to a degree because they're scared. And so you are teaching them through fear. And when you're teaching through fear... They're not learning anything about how to regulate emotions, about how to be emotionally intelligent, and how to connect in a healthily emotional way with other people in society as they get older. So it's a shutdown when that happens. You know. And, and we want our children to be able to self-regulate. And if we're constantly saying, no, don't do that, bad, go to the, you know, go to the naughty corner, go into your room and think about it. Well, as if they're going to think about it. (laughs) They're frustrated. They're angry. You know, think about how mean you were to that, to your little brother. Well, they're going to go into the room and think about how they can get the little brother next time mum or dad isn't looking because they haven't (laughs) learned anything about compassion, about empathy. And by being sent off like that, you know, it's it's creating that disconnect, and the only way that parents are going to have um, a positive connection with the child is if the child wants to follow them, if there is a beautiful bond there, and there's respect, and there's empathy, and the kids know that the parents are the safe place to go to.
0: Before I let you go, yeah. um, you mentioned there about um, being, uh, having a healthy way of dealing with emotions. Mm. Given that self-regulation probably wasn't something we were taught mm, when we were mm, young, mm. how can we as adults learn the skill of self-regulation, mm, um, mm. particularly not just when our kids are having tantrums, but when mm. they're maybe being... Uh, a bit challenging if you've got two kids that are fighting over being looked at or breathed on or something like that. Yes, yes. How can we as adults start to practice those
1: skills? Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, this is mindfulness techniques. They're Um, It's difficult for parents because it is so in the moment that we need to, you know, wow, it flares up so fast. But there are some steps. In fact, my second book, The Art of Peaceful Parenting, has seven simple steps. They're simple, yet they're profound, you know, to actually get them because they are spiritual steps. But when you get these steps... It is um, something that you can start to incorporate in your day-to-day life. And as I said before, the first one is to pause and breathe. That starts off the whole chain of self-regulation. And really, it's the only way to, to have a beautiful connection with your child, to be there, open and available, even when they're triggering you, even when there's chaos everywhere. If you can be open, safe, peaceful... I mean, it's a big call. Yes. It's a really big call. This is very big work. Yeah, you know, and it takes a while to to really get this ingrained. And even today, with my twenty-five-year-old, you know, occasionally it still really gets to me. But over the years, having practiced this since she was about five years old when I first learned this stuff, um, it has made a massive, massive. Um, difference to our relationship, to the connection, and to the person that she has grown up to be. Well, that's a good sort of end result for us (laughs) to aim for. Yes. Sharon, thank you
0: so much for coming in. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you. That's Sharon Turton. She's a psychotherapist and author of The Art of Taming Tantrums. We'll pop links in the notes of this episode to that book and also to the book she mentioned, The Art of Peaceful Parenting. Before I had my first baby, there was one thing I was scared of, and that was labour.
1: You get this sense of I'm out of control, and that's what stays with us, is there's nothing I can grasp here to be able to control this situation, and that's what escalates the fear if we can't get on top
0: of those thoughts. That's the wonderful Rebecca Ray, psychologist and author of The Universe Listens to the Brave. She's got some great advice on how to deal with fear and what courage really means. If it's something on your mind, you need to listen to what she has to say. That's next on Feed, Play, Love. I'm your host, Siobhan Hunt, and this podcast is produced by Debbie Ning.